All right, thank you for being in your place and being here tonight. And of course, we weren't here on Sunday, but thank you. I uh, heard good reports and, uh, and several baptized folks saved. And the place was packed out. So thank you be, for being faithful to, to serve the Lord and uh, being faithful to church. We appreciate that. Looking forward to Easter Sunday. We have uh, 20,000 invitations I think we're starting with. I'd like to get some more if we get those out. But <clears throat> Easter holds a special place in my heart. Someone invited me uh, to church as a, uh, <clears throat> when I was in 10th grade. And I, they, they said they was having a special service for Easter at their church, Pastor Esposito. It wasn't Pastor Esposito then, he was Joe, okay? And uh, he invited me to go, and I got saved on that Sunday. I remember walking the aisle. And Pastor was so compassionate, he wouldn't even walk down the aisle with me. Okay, I said, I should go down there. The guy, he goes, yeah, you should, go. I'm like, all right, I'll go by myself. But I got saved on that day, and uh, you just never know. People think about coming to church on Easter. That's the one day a year. And so... Uh, we'll have those invitations. We pro probably should have them before Tuesday, uh, hopefully, and then uh, grab those and just start inviting people. You never, never know who's going to come to church. I remember one time someone was coming into church, and I'm, I'm like, hey, is your, your, your first time here? They're like, yeah, first time here. I'm like, how'd you hear, who invited you to church? And they're like, you did. <laughs> Adrian, I, I think I might have lied. I'm, well, I, I try not to. Like, yeah, I remember. I didn't say that. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. I have no clue who they were. I just gave them an invitation. They showed up. So just invite people to church. And then we're not going to take an offering, but <coughs> I'll make sure it happens. Brother Tong D, they have a, uh, <coughs> they have a, a, a youth conference over there. And uh, they, only charge, they only charge their teens $3 because it's a lot of money for them. And um, Brother Tong D has no, no, he's, he has no problem asking questions, right? Uh, we read a book years ago. It's called Go to Know. It's like if you don't ask for something, the answer is already no, so you might as well just ask anyhow. If they say no, it was already no. And he wrote me this little email. Hey, everything's great. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. By the way, we could sure use $1,000 for that. Do you think you could help? And so uh, we're going to help. If you want to be a part of that a little bit, just, just we'll, I'll make sure he gets $1,000, but you can put that in under... Uh, missions on your um, on um, simple give, and I think it'd be a blessing. Three bucks to get them to youth conference. You never know what difference that's going to make, and uh, so I want to be a part of that. We are we are <coughs> in our our discipleship book. Continue on. We're in the last chapter. We only have a few lessons left, and we're going to be going on to <coughs> a different subject on on Thursday night. But we're in the we're in the, we're in the chapter about spiritual fruit, God producing fruit in our life. And we've said it, and I'm not going to belabor it, but, but a healthy Christian grows. And as a healthy Christian grows, fruit is naturally produced in their life. Okay? You know, God tells us that when we're saved, we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, that takes effort on our part. Don't get me wrong. Okay? We have to be willing to make the changes. We have to be dedicated to the Lord. But we need to spend time with the Lord. And as we spend time with the Lord and we grow in our faith, through the Spirit of God, he transforms us. And, and many different things he does in our life, but we're looking specifically at the fruit of the Spirit. Things that are really, <clears throat> as I have said, they're not natural to us. Some of these attitudes just aren't natural. And some of them are a little bit more natural. But as we walk with God, the Spirit of God, through our submission to God, develops this in our life. And so that's what we're looking at. And we'll be finishing up. We've already talked about the first two of the nine. We talked about love. 
And all of them are taken from Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22 where it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love probably to me is one of the most important. It is the, it is the uh, to me, it's the motivation behind the others. It starts with a love for God and then it moves to a love for others. And as we love God and we love others and we walk with God, we'll develop these things. And a lot of these things have to do with our relationships with others. And of course, as 1 Corinthians tells us, there's faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity, love, the most important. And then we looked at joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. It seems kind of uh, contradictory that God would command us to be joyful, right? Well, because we ought to be joyful. There's a lot to not be joyful about, but I'll just be real honest with you. If you know the Lord, there's a lot more to be joyful about. And if we're focused on the Lord, we're going to be focused on those things that bring joy. And joy, of course, is found in our relationship with God and really nothing else. We're going to look at a new one today, one that I think we might get into two, one that I think was a, a very important. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace. If we look at the landscape of our world, it could be very easy not to have peace. It would be very easy to let the things of this life cause us to lose our peace. Um, by the way, I'm the type of person, uh, it's probably not good if you're a pastor, but I'm the kind of person I don't like drama. Right? Is anybody else like, I just don't like drama. Now, um, I have to live with it. And by the way, it's kind of helpful when you have a big family. It's kind of just normal, right? Someone gave us a sign for our family one time. You know, you call it chaos, we call it family. And that's kind of the thing around the house. And uh, Now, some people, they do better. I think my wife thrives under chaos. I really do. If things are too peaceful, it's like, let me just stir things up so, so to, to get the juices flowing. And I understand that. We get that. But, but we're talking about a deep type of peace. It's very easy to be discouraged. Look at the craziness of this world. I find it very interesting. This is national, is it national lady, not lady, they call them women. National Women's Month. Yeah. Uh, the, a couple days ago it was, by the way, do they have a National Men's Month? No. It's okay, we don't need it. Um, and, and, and then they had, the National Ladies Day was right in the middle of it, so how did they celebrate National Ladies Day? They gave an award to a guy in a dress. Help us. Help us. You say, what is a guy in a dress? A very ugly pretend lady. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to people, that, but, but they, need, they need help. We look at uh, the attack against our children. And, I, and again, I have to be very careful what I say about this, but I, I, I know what's happening behind the scenes. It might be nice for you to know what's going on in our school system. This drag queen nonsense... The normalizing, you say, I, I'm not hearing of this, Pastor Myers, because you're watching CNN and MSLSD. Yeah, that's what you're, you're, you're getting your news from the wrong, from the wrong places. And I don't even want to hear the news. I just hear enough clippets to make me sick, and I stay away from it. But I'm, I'm concerned. They're going after our children in our school system. Not just, not just their beliefs. They're going after them physically now. We better wake up. 
skyrocketing prices. Look, if you, ha if, if you go to the grocery store to get some eggs and there's a loan application next to them, something's wrong. You know, I, I got an electric car, so I charge at home. I'm like, man, I don't get gas anymore. In the last six months, the electric bill for everybody has almost doubled. Right? How many of you, can I get a witness? Man, I'm really to get off the grid, you know, and go live in the, anyhow. The, div the divisiveness of our society. By the way, if you interact with people, they're not as divisive as, as the media lets you know, right? They're trying to stir that narrative up. Oh, yeah. Of course, unless you're one of, on one of our crazy college campuses, then you're going to see it. But society pushes all that. The silencing of truth. You know, if, if you, can't, you can't even talk to people about areas of that where you have a disagreement. Because if you say something they disagree with, they go all snowflake and they, they start hyperventilating and telling them that you're, being, you're attacking them personally. You can't even ask a question. Right? It's, it's just the whole thing is just ridiculous. And the dumbing down of our school systems. I don't see it, but occasionally I see these little videos where they go on college campuses and they ask these college kids questions. The guy was at Berkeley, Cal Berkeley, like asking people, you know, and then they ask, uh, what is the nation to the north of us and what is this nation to the north of us is that way? And what's the nation to the south of us? Like Norway? Uh, it's Canada and Mexico. You, you really don't know that? They, they don't teach common sense. They don't teach, uh, you know, how to read and write. You know, I was going to talk about peace, but I'm stressed. <laughs> All that stuff can stress you. It irritates me. And, and I say it over and over, I need you to understand this. When I talk about things like this, I'm not being political. I have a view of taxes, by the way. But I can disagree with someone about their, what they feel about taxes. I really do. I, 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 and how it hurts the economy. I have views on that, and we can disagree. I don't care about all that. I do care because it takes my money, but I don't care. But I, when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about morality. That's a big difference. John the Baptist didn't get on Herod because Herod raised their taxes. He got on Herod because Herod was living with his sister-in-law. Moral issue. And by the way, this has nothing to do with peace, and I'm getting stressed, and I've got, a, I got 30 seconds, I'm going to get back to reality here. We're not helping society by being quiet. The average person doesn't believe this nonsense, but we won't say anything. And I'm not saying our goal in life is to stand up on a, on a tree stump, but the power of the matter is there's, we're going to have to, we're going to have to tell people what we believe sometimes. And so let's believe the right things. But my whole point before I got stressed here, okay, is that these things could stress you, but you know what? They don't need to. I think we need to do our responsibility as Christians, but you know what? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My home is somewhere else. When we get stressed, we start using all these cliches. Have you heard them? I'm ready to throw in the towel, you know. I'm at the end of my... Um, is it the end of my rope? Oh, yeah, yeah, my, that's good. So I wrote it, I should know. Uh, I'm just a bundle of, don't say joy, because I can get testimonies that'll tell you're not a bundle of joy. My life is falling 
I'm at my wits end. Yeah. And by the way, we all feel like that sometimes. But can I just tell you something as a Christian? We don't need to. We're not on the losing side. And I don't mean that, and I, I don't mean that as sense if someone believes those things, they're, they're losers of all of that. That's why we reach them with the gospel. That's why we love them, and we go out, we share the gospel. Uh, we don't, we're not going out with our Easter invitations to get someone to our, 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 our morality side. We're trying to get the gospel to them. If we get the gospel to them, God can deal with them about all those other things. But what happens is we, if we're not careful, we let this stuff cause us to lose our peace. We don't have to let that happen. We don't understand what peace is. Peace is not merely the absence of trouble. Anybody can have that peace. Yeah. Right? Now, <coughs> it does happen a lot more. It used to be, you know, our house, there's always somebody there. Seven kids. Now, they're starting to get married and get out of here. Number five is in the books next Saturday. Praise the Lord. Uh, but then we started having grandkids. It's like, man, I thought, I thought we didn't have kids anymore. Where did these, these five come from? They're just hanging out. Okay, that's good. And I love it. But now there's, it's weird. Occasionally, not all the time. Occasionally we just sit down. It's just my wife and I. I'm like, what happened? It's, did you hear that? She'll like, what? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> it's like, peace. Okay. That's really not peace. That's quiet, yeah. and I kind of like quiet sometimes. <coughs> but we think that the absence of noise in our life, the absence of all those things, and it's partially true, that brings peace, but it's more than that. Yeah. Anybody can, uh, it's, it's easy to enjoy the quiet when no one's home. But to enjoy the quiet when you got a, a bunch of people there, that's a different thing. It's the presence of Jesus is really what peace is. It's being in harmony and oneness with God in his purposes. It's not excavating yourself from, 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 from where drama is. Some, by the way, if you go to work, sometimes there's drama at work, right? Some, you know, not, not here necessarily, okay? Uh, but, but you go somewhere and you can't control that. <coughs> but you can still have peace in the midst of that. Problems come, and I get it. But you can still have peace in the midst of those problems. It's having calm in your heart. That inward peace is possible with God because of what Jesus Christ did on the Christ cross for us. That's where everything starts. It doesn't start with, you know, 10-step program to have peace, right? You know, all this stuff, this is a magic formula. There's no magic formula. Right. <clears throat> it's a relationship with God. And our relationship with God started when we got saved. I like what I heard one of the speakers say at the conference. He goes, some people act, when it comes to their salvation, they act like they've been sentenced to eternal life. We've been granted eternal life. It's not something that hangs over us. It's, it, it's the starting point of everything that's good in life. Inward peace is possible. Justification provided a way for us to be reconciled with God and be at peace with him. Do you understand, before you were, at, before you were saved, you may not understand this, you were, with, you were at odds with God. Now, you may not have been actively fighting against him or any of that. I'm not saying that. But your sin is offensive to God. My sin is offensive to God. All sin is offensive to God. And because of our sin, we were not in harmony with God. We were at odds with him. 
But because of Jesus Christ and his salvation, our sins are forgiven and we are reconciled. What is reconciled? I've seen that, right? Over the years, I've, I've counseled before, not a lot of them, and thankfully it's worked out. I've counseled with couples that, were, that needed reconciliation. They were ready to bolt. They were ready. They were done. But you know what they need? They need to be reconciled. That relationship restored. Well, how did we restore our relationship with God that was broken because of sin? By having our sin forgiven by Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross. And that's the starting point. And because of that now, we can have peace. I had no peace in my life until I, until I was reconciled with God. I've used the illustration a while ago, but... <clears throat> this is a true story. <clears throat> I believe they made a movie out of it. There was a man that lived in Iowa, and he had not spoken to his brother in like 30 years. He found out that his brother was ill and probably was not long for this world, and he wanted to reconcile with his brother. Now, I don't know why he did it this way, John, but he said he was going to go visit his brother, and it was 250 miles, and he drove there on a lawnmower, a riding lawnmower. Broke down several times the whole story, but he finally got there. All that trouble just so he could get the relationship reconciled with his brother before he died. Well, we can be reconciled to God by, by, our, by, our, our, by our salvation in Jesus Christ. And that gives us an opportunity to have a peace. Our new eternal standing with God, one of complete forgiveness through Christ. Look at the verse there if you have the book. If not, it's Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, justified, we are declared righteous in Jesus Christ because we have placed our faith in what he did on the cross. That's justification. Yep. I'm not a just person, but you're looking at a just person. Yep. I'm not just because of, of, of Steve Myers. I'm just because the righteousness of Christ is on my account. And that moment on Easter Sunday, I'll give you the year so you can start figuring out how old I am, 1978, okay, I said I was in 10th grade, I lied, I was in the nursery, I crawled down the aisle, just kidding. That day, I became justified. That moment, they took me out of the side of the building, I walked down the, all, the aisle, and by the way, I didn't even need them to tell me the gospel, I'd already been witness to on several occasions. I knew what the problem was. And I remember he took me outside, and I remember the building. I went to church there uh, a few years later, and he took me around outside. They had so many people come down the aisle, and they took me around outside, and it was a little sidewalk on the side of the building. The building was probably the size of our Spanish auditorium before we changed it, configuration. Exact same layout. They took me out to the side. It would be over where the driveway is. We sat down on chairs, and he witnessed to me, and it was very easy for him. I don't even know who did it. But it was very easy. I was already convicted. I already knew. And I trusted Christ. I was justified. The righteousness of Christ was placed on my account. And <laughs> because I'm justified by faith, what does it say? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not temporal peace. We can't have that unless we have eternal peace. Right? From that moment on, I had an opportunity to have peace in my life. <clears throat> you see, sin is a disruptor. Yeah. What, is, 
Isaiah say in several locations, There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. Sin doesn't bring peace. We look to sin to bring all these things in our life, and all it does is disrupt everything about us. But we can have joy in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we have an opportunity for a peace that passes all understanding. We have a peace that we have in the midst of struggles and the storms of life. When we're not having any troubles, it's, not, it's, it, it's, it's, it's easy to have peace. But what about when you go? Look over in Luke. It's not in your book, the verses, but it's in the Bible. Luke chapter 6, verse 47. <coughs> it's a story of the two foundations. He says, whosoever, Jesus said, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He's talking about someone who doesn't just want to hear what he says, but he's listening to what Christ says so that he can incorporate it into his life and he can obey it. He goes, here's who he's like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation <coughs> on a rock. And when the floods arose, the storm beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Here's the deal. You're going to have storms in life, right? You say, Pastor, I've never went through a storm in your, my life. It's coming. It's coming. Hopefully it's not of your own making, but it's going to come. And so how do we get through the storms of life? The Word of God. And by the way, it's not just quoting it. And I'm all for quoting it. It's not just knowing it. And I'm all for knowing it. It's knowing it, it's, it's, it's understanding it, and it's applying it in my life. And when we're doing that, we're building a foundation, and we're building our life on that foundation, and that foundation is a rock, and when the storm comes, we will be strong. Now, it doesn't mean we won't be, 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 you know, it doesn't mean we won't feel the effects. It just means the effects will not knock us over. It just, look, if somebody <clears throat> who says they're a Christian and there's a problem that comes in their life and their problem detours them from God, it's just a sign that they were not connected to the Word of God. Right. I'm not saying that to shame them. I'm just saying it to diagnose a problem. Because he tells us what happens with the other in verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did vehemently beat. And it immediately fell, excuse me, and the ruin of the house was great. Now from the outside, they could have looked the same. But there's no foundation. And the storm came and that house didn't stand a chance. I say this, everybody is going to have problems in life. Everybody. Just, 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 just come to terms with that. There's going to be things you have to deal with. That's not the question. <coughs> they both had storms. The question is, what have you built your life upon? It, our goal is not, look, you understand, you understand the difference? A person that doesn't build their life upon the word of God, the storm destroys them. But in James, we understand that a person that builds their life upon the word of God, it strengthens them. Yeah. Right? Can I, can I just tell you something? Most people can handle more than they think they can. Right? You know, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Esposito, he calls us in like, you know, 
we're going to do this thing, and I want you to do it. I've tried this a few times with staff. They don't, they, don't, they don't like this word. And they're like, so I need, I said, Pastor, I've never done that before. I don't, I don't think I can handle that. He's like, you know, brother, God just wants to stretch you. <laughs> How many of you guys have heard that? Okay, I've used it a little bit myself, too. It's like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, God's just stretching you. He's making, it's like, in other words, I'm saying, I don't want to do it. One of us has to do it. You're doing it, okay? <laughs> just kidding. But it's like, <clears throat> like, I, I, you said, I could never go through that problem. You talk to anybody that's went through a major thing, and they've got through it with God's grace. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. They'd have told you, I didn't think I could have done it. I know, because it's not just you. It's the rock you're attached to. Yeah. <coughs> it's very important. So the peace we have becomes a result of our obedience to the word of God. And so we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't struggle. I've met people <coughs> that they have confidence, but they have confidence in the wrong thing. Right? Now, how many of you know what Mount St. Helens is? My wife actually lived through it. She was, uh, as, was that 1980? 81, so you were probably five. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sleeping on the couch tonight. There's just no way. She's a little older. They're coming home from church. <coughs> and um, if I'm right... They're coming home from church, and they see the cloud, this cloud coming. And they're like, what is that? And it's the middle of the day, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and it got dark. Now, they realize what happens, I think, on the radio, and they went, got some food because they saw something coming. Didn't one of your mom's friends, one of her mom's friends who worked midnight shift, got up and called her mom and said, hey, I'm late for work. I don't know how I slept all day. And she's like, no, turn, the, it wasn't like today. Turn the news on. Mount St. Helen erupted. They're probably 200 miles from there. And um, there, was a, there was an old guy. They knew it was coming. <coughs> and there was an old guy that lived a few miles from the mountain. And they went and told the guy to move. And he's like, nope, nope, I'm, I'm here. I'm living here. It's not going to blow. You're always saying that. You know where he is today? They don't know either. Okay? It blew up and he was dead. You ever see a picture of the mountain before and after? It was devastation. He was confident everything was okay. He wasn't. He had peace in the midst of the storm until the storm overtook him. We have to have confidence in the right thing. Because if you're trusting the wrong thing, the storm's going to come and you're going to be, what happened? How come God's not helping me? Because your confidence was in the wrong thing. It's being God and being his word. The peace we have is not available to those who do not know Jesus Christ. You know the little phrase, right? No Jesus, K-N-E-O-W, no peace. <coughs> then N-O, no Jesus, no peace. That's true. That's true. In fact, to think you can even have peace in bad situations is something that can't, in those kind of situations, is something that can't be comprehended. Look at Philippians chapter 4. He says, be careful for nothing. That doesn't mean be a knucklehead, right? Like, you know, I'm going to go bungee jumping without the bungee cord. That's always, careful means don't worry. Don't worry about anything, nothing. doesn't mean be irresponsible. Fulfill your responsibilities, prepare for what's coming, but don't stress and worry about everything. But in everything by prayer and supplication <coughs> with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Instead of worrying and stressing about things, fulfill your responsibilities, but pray, ask for God's help, be thankful that you have God, and tell him what you need. And here's what happens. 
Verse 7, and the peace of God, those next four words, which passeth all understanding. You know, some people have went through uh, uh, horrific medical things. And you talk to them, and it's like their faith is so strong. Remember when I was on my bus route, when I was in Bible college, I had a bus route. And, and over one of the areas, I met this older gentleman, and he had just all these problems in his life. He was probably in his 80s. Old-time Christian, he knew all the old-timers from Chicago, right? Uh, these pastors I knew from history, Riley and, and all these others. And uh, here I am, like a you know, um, 19-year-old man of God, bus captain. And, and he didn't ride my bus, but I went and visited him every week because he was an encouragement to me. And all these things he dealt with, and man, he had such a great spirit. Great spirit. Why? He knew God. He knew, and, and, and the things that came his way, he had to deal with it, and I'm sure it was frustrating, and I'm sure, it's, uh, I'm sure it, was, it was an irritation, but he had a peace that I just, as a young kid, could not understand. But I like to be around him because he knew God. That's how he got through it. Peace. <coughs> and <coughs> let me just say this. The peace we have from God also transfers to the personal relationships that we have on earth. So you have to understand that. It's one thing to be okay with God. It's another thing to be good with people, right? You ever hear people like, oh, you know, me and God, we're great. It's Christians I don't like. It's people I struggle with. Okay, you know why you struggle with people? I'm going to tell you right now, this is very profound. Because they're irritating. I'm irritating. You're irritating. Okay, we're human. We are imperfect. And we all do irritating stuff. We all have certain things that can be annoying to other people. But as Christians, we get along with each other. And, and by the way, <coughs> you think your life could become misery if the key relationships in your life disintegrate. I was working in the early days of church. I was working in a warehouse, and there was this one guy, nice guy, but he just never smiled, just super serious. And we used to get paid on Thursday. And he knew I was a Christian. And one Thursday, out of the blue, he came up to me. He goes, "You want to know why I don't smile?" I didn't ask him. I'm like, "Sure, why?" And he showed me his paycheck. He goes, "That's why." And it, there was half of it went to his ex-wife. He goes, "Kind of hard to smile when that's going on." I would have thought, man, you know, that phrase is true, right? It's not in the Bible, I, I don't think. It's cheaper to keep her, okay? It's like, but this, this guy's like, I'm miserable because of a key relationship in my life which was destroyed. You see, it's, if, if we have the peace of God, we can transfer that, and it will help us to get along with each other a little bit better. We have to have peace with those around us or closest to us. And a better relationship with God helps. <coughs> How's the relationships in your life? See, spirituality has to go down from our relationship to God to our relationship. That's horizontal, right? It has to go from vertical to horizontal. And the closer you get to God, and by the way, I'll say this, the more of the fruit of the Spirit that you develop in your life, the easier it's going to be to have better relationships with people. 
You say, well, you know, uh, we need to just have a Sunday school class, you know, uh, uh, how to have better all-the-time relationships. We do that. It's just called preaching the Bible. Because the better Christian you are, the better you're going to be at relationships. Because those character qualities that you learn from Christ and the principles you learn and apply from the Word of God are going to help you in every area, and that's going to translate to your relationships with people. There are a lot of things that cause us to lose peace, but relationships are the key one. If we go back to the foundation structure, scripture we looked at, <coughs> obedience to the word makes us better Christians, which makes us better people and causes us to have better relationships. You see, because we see life not from a strictly selfish standpoint, we're seeing life from a spiritual standpoint. And we hear those things Jesus said, right? You know, someone wants your this, you give them the other one too. You know, someone slaps you on the cheek, you give them the other one. Now, after that, you take them down. <laughs> Only got two cheeks, you ain't getting, you know, I, I got a third cheek. You got that one, you could swing at that one, but then you're going down. Okay, so. <laughs> but someone asked me about that. Like, what do you do if someone like, said, look, if someone attacks you, they don't get any cheeks. They're coming at me and they're trying to take you out. It's like, it's talking about one incident, okay? Yeah. But sometimes people say things and they do something. It's like, I need to retaliate. No, you don't. Yep. Let it go. Yeah. A lot of times, the person that does that will feel a little bit foolish. Yep. Okay? But, but these things are hard to do if you don't know Christ. Yep. These things are hard to do if you're not spiritual. Because I'm like you. Someone cuts me off in the freeway. It's like, I'm catching up. I'm getting my spot in line back. Okay. I wasn't walking in the spirit today. Pray for me. James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, he says this. <coughs> but the wisdom <coughs> that is from above is first pure. It's right. It's holy. And then what's the next word? Peaceable. Not peace, peaceable. Peace, not peace as in an inward peace, peaceable towards others. You ever see someone that, you know, like Brother Johnson used to say before he was saved, I'd drop it, I'd drop it, I'd fight at the drop of the hat, and I'd drop the hat. Yeah. You ever meet someone like that? They're just, it's like they're looking for an argument. Okay? Someone who's peaceable tries to avoid that. And then, <coughs> gentle. That, that, I struggle with that one. Pray for me. Um, gentle, all of us do. Someone says something mean to you, what do you want to say? Praise God, you're just having a tough day. No, that's what we should say. But we don't want to. Um, easy to be entreated, to, to deal with things, full of mercy and good fruits, <coughs> without partiality, loving everybody, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Look, in a relationship or in a conflict or in two people having a disagreement, you can only control one of them. And who is that person? Thank you. You. Me. You can't control the other person. And you can't let what the other person does control you. Well, they said that to me. I get it. But maybe you can defuse the situation. Sometimes you can't. <coughs> but if someone wants to be like that, let them be like that. Don't you be like that. And I know from experience that's easier 
said than done. So, in a stressful world lacking rest, it is possible for the Christian to experience peace. And just as a reminder, and we'll be done, in three areas, peace with God. (coughs) Peace with God. Do you spend time with him? See, there is no, you know, in relationships, people come to the office, and, and not all the time, but, you know, it's coming to the office, and there's a relationship problem. You know what they want? Here's what they want. I open my desk and say, here's my magic spo- relationship spoofful dust. And I will sprinkle this on your husband, and he will miraculously change. That, I don't have that. I wish I did. I'd, I'd sprinkle it on myself. My wife had a better husband, okay? That, it doesn't work that way. Starts with peace with God. And <clears throat> understanding without a relationship, without, with a, without a relationship with him, I'm going to struggle in a lot of areas. And then the result of that is a peace within. We see the world from a whole new perspective. We see it from God's perspective. And yes, there are things maybe in our society, yes, there are things that are maybe happening in our life that we don't like, that are a source of irritation, but we understand it all in the spiritual realm of things and in the will of God and that God can use it and God just wants me to act the way I'm supposed to act and we have peace within. And then we can have peace in relationships. Once we have peace with God, we can have peace with others. Do you have the peace of God in your life? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to live in stress and worry and drama. And it tries to squeeze its way in, doesn't it? I'm not saying that, that we all have this nailed perfectly. It squeezes its way in and we have to just fight it with God's help. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for loving us. We thank you for <coughs> these qualities, particularly peace. We live at stressful times. We really do. We live in times which could cause us to worry, which could cause us to have conflict if we didn't have you. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to appropriate and have this peace that you want us to have. Bless these folks that are here. Be with us until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.